What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Burnout Brighter Podcast. This is episode 51. My name is Matt. I'll be your host for this evening's festivities. I'm joined on this episode, as always, by Darren. Hello. And all the way from, like, past Jupiter this time, the spaceship keeps drifting out further, and, and this is all part of the plan, evidently. But please welcome Alistair back to the show. What's up, Al? Two seconds of dead silence is so much worse than the, like, minutes of silence you'd have to wait if I was actually past Jupiter. So I won't subject you guys to that, but I am here <laughs> and I'm doing well, so thank you for having me here. Uh, editing. Al, that's the beauty of editing. I would just cut out all that dead air. It would take us three <laughs> hours to record an hour-long podcast, but uh, it'll all be fine. Destiny <laughs> has uh, has decided to uh, take out the old lady again this week. Their, their battle continues. Um, last I heard... The old lady has gotten her hands on a strand of Destiny's hair, which we know nothing good will come of that. So D went out to try and track her down. We'll keep you updated on her progress. But just know that she continues to fight the good fight against this old son of a bitch. I'm going to see if I can send out an orbital strike on this old lady. (laughs) Please do. Please do. Just don't be surprised if she knocks one of those missiles straight back at you. This lady is next level. On this episode, we're going to be talking all about the Avengers beta. All three of us have played it, and we're going to be giving our impressions. Alongside a whole bunch of news, we're going to be touching on Deathloop and Halo Infinite getting delayed, the Indie World presentation that Nintendo had a few days ago, Oculus VR now requiring Facebook because, of course, an Epic's incredible, confusing battle against both Apple and Google and the fallout of both. But... We are going to start out this podcast as we always do by standing, starting with some random questions. And that means, hey. uh, y- yay, I'm going to start with Alistair for this oh question that I've prepared. Um, if usually I had he's got a question one in, in the pocket for me, too. Yeah, usually, <laughs> usually. Um, Al, if... Uh, if you, if you had to, okay, I, I got it on. If you had to start start a pyramid scheme, mm. right, with the mm-hmm. goal of becoming a very successful pyramid scheme, which video game character would be your partner to start this pyramid scheme? And it can't be Pyramid Head because he knows too much about pyramids. <laughs> it's too familiar Ooh. with the the structure of the, too of much, the equation. Too, too much, too much pyramid pyramid knowledge on that man so if you have to start a pyramid scheme who would be your partner well again with the with the goal of being a successful pyramid he- scheme to get all them all them minions to be Onions. part of your of your goal so i'm gonna need someone super charismatic that has an interesting hook to get people hooked into this pyramid scheme and maybe for added flavor has some familiarity with pyramids themselves so i'm gonna take nathan drake <laughs> Nathan Drake from <laughs> Uncharted as the charismatic son of a bitch that is able to sell you anything as he's been everywhere and you won't know any better. This pyramid scheme probably came from a pyramid. You're probably getting some cool artifacts from somewhere. <laughs> and he's I, just I, so I, charismatic and lovable that you'll buy anything and want other people to buy the things that he's selling to you. Honestly, as smart as Nathan Drake is, I do picture him as somebody that would also... F- fall for a pyramid scheme and become the spokesperson because he honestly actually believed that it was a good idea but the pyramid scheme he would fall for they'd be like yo 
there's this mystical butter knife stuck all the way over there. <laughs> and I don't know. So Al, my question for you then, because Nathan Drake was one of the first people that came to mind as I thought of this question. You don't think, because like the, his kind of motif is that he gets into, he jumps into shit and then about halfway through, he's like, this was a bad idea. Guys, I made a mistake. You wouldn't be worried about him backing out like as you guys are starting to take off, becoming more pyramidy and schemey as you go. You don't think he'd be like, Alistair, man, it's a bad call, bad idea. We're, we're tricking people. Well, I think that's how all pyramid schemes inevitably end up. And so if I'm running the pyramid just one tier ahead of Nathan Drake, then eventually he will crumble, and that's fine. As long as I can see it coming at the right time and get out of there on my uh, private space yacht to wherever. <laughs> <laughs> private space yacht. That's awesome. That's a good answer. I, I support your, your pyramid endeavors, and I'll be your first supporter. I will sell as many... Uh, foot-shaped keychains as you need um darren <laughs> yes everybody knows about the foot-shaped keychain pyramid scheme everybody it's one of the deadliest I mean, out there if you don't you're just not reading the literature yeah and like just go, read the manuals read the manuals <laughs> read the manuals darren for you uh my question would be if you had to eat any video game food, and I know we've we've talked about video game food before, but like I want I want you to tell me what video game food you would eat and what kind of bonus would it give you for an hour? Oh my god. Um and just and just so you know, if you pick the mushroom for Mario, that does act like Viagra in this situation. So <laughs> just throwing that out there, it'll get you bigger. But one false move and that shit's gone. Obviously your first instinct just goes to the mushroom for Mario Bros, but like I don't want to just be big. I want to have fun and <laughs> I first instinct after that went to the wing cap from super mario 64 but you don't eat the wing cap so you can't pick <laughs> not that. with that attitude <laughs> well Darren, if i did if i don't think it'll give me the powers <laughs> just stomach problems just just stomach problems um so, oh my god, there are all the games that I played with all the different foods. It would, I, I'm at kind of like a crossroads between the, I'm trying to think of different things that make me fly. Because there are different power-ups that can make you fly in the Mario Brothers world. But I don't think you can eat any of them. Do you mean fly literally? Or figuratively. Because either <laughs> one of those is acceptable answer. Like, do you want people in to walk by like, damn, he's fly, or like he's actually <laughs> flying? I think he's looking well, for that I... Willy Wonka bubble juice to make him float up. Yes, that's that's exactly what I'm looking for. And I'm gonna kick myself after because probably I'm gonna just think of the right answer after the podcast. But now mm -hmm. unfortunately mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to settle um for <laughs> 
the lollipop um Kirby. Because in Kirby, the lollipop makes you invincible. Okay. So if I make myself invincible, I could do anything. What would you do? I could just, I would <laughs> rob a bank hands down. I don't know. I, would just... I don't know, Darren. I feel like if you ate the lollipop, you'd just become a sucker. Oh, hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a sucker with a lot of money. I could just could feel the cringe in, all the way through the grab the money. I think the cards I think would just you... hit me and I'd stop them. Like I feel like if you had a lollipop, you'd make Lil Wayne very happy. In uh fifty cent? <laughs> yep. It's think it's fifty Wasn't cent. Wasn't it Lil Wayne? The candy shop. Damn oh, it. If we're going with candy shop, yeah, it's fifty cent. There was an attempt, Shame folks. That. There was an attempt. All right, Hold Matt. On, we have a no. Lil Wayne has a song. <laughs> no, Lil Wayne has a song called Lollipop. All about okay, the his lollipop. Candy shop. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, there's so the candy shop lollipop lyrics too. Now we. Get... <laughs> no, because because there's there's this there's this classic line from the song that goes, "She, she lick me like a lollipop, lollipop," and he says this multiple okay, that... times. So this is true. I was thinking of the other licking on the lollipop, lollipop. song. Which is the candy shop. Right. Well, Darren, no, we that's still a good don't answer, know if I little, think. If little Wayne was in the candy shop. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I've got, maybe, maybe, I've got a flip around, flip around question for you, Matt. Um, okay, if I'm gone, taking yeah, this, this pyramid scheme for a ride to space, hopefully, to, in my grand escape, who are you tag teaming with to either stop me before this pyramid scheme successfully is pulled off? Or to chase me after the boss flees the planet into outer space to try and take me down and bring Dude, me to justice. This is, this is so easy. This is so, so easy. Because if you have Drake along for the ride, you need the one person that can calm his ass down. And that's Elena, <laughs> his partner and far smarter second half. Because she has called him on his shit so many times that she actually got him to settle down. So it's easy. I feel like all I have to do is like get on the spaceship. Her and I would like get on and she'd go and be like, Drake, what's up, man? And I'd come up to you and whisper, Silver Surfer will never be in the MCU. And just, it's over. It's oh. over. There's tears. <laughs> what? What? Why you gotta hurt me like that? See? Oh man, I thought it was gonna come at the end of the episode and you've taken me unawares. Oh. <laughs> See? Just, just, you just gotta go for the gut, and it's like they're over. Floated, floating pyramid in the sky is done. This this whole scheme is over. And then, like, you know, we would just rain lollipops down on the earth, because I'm assuming that's what you were using as payment. Mm -hmm. Um. So my, uh, that, my that, only thanks for the... <laughs> my only counter hope would be that uh, you tell Elena, "Oh, we gotta go catch Drake. He's uh, he's flying out into space now," and she would just look at you and roll her eyes and be like, "Yep, yeah, sure he is." He can do whatever he wants, that guy. And then hopefully it would take more convincing. But I think you're probably right. That's probably a good choice. <laughs> she'd be like, of course he is. How do we get up there? And she'd take her camera and would be off, 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 off after you guys. And that'd be that. So me and Elena would bring you guys, we'd bring you guys down so quick. Good answer. So, good question. 
you had I for a second I was like, oh shit, and then it hit me like a bolt of lightning. Which we're going to transition to because even though there was no Thor in Avengers, we are gonna very quickly talk about what we've been playing before we talk about Avengers. So Darren, let's start with you. What have you been up to? What's new? Uh I've been up to my ass in Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> we that's, do that's know you have much... like two meter. We do know you have like two meter long legs, and the torso is just about half a foot. So that's a lot. That's a lot. It is. It is. It is. Um, I've now played for like over a hundred hours of the game. I've eaten the base game, uh, the 2.0 Realm Reborn content. So now I'm into the post game, and I. I like I do I do think I have a problem. I think I just I want to play it too often and I tried to play Final Fantasy 7 remake again like the fifth time. I played it like twice in the past like 2 weeks cuz I'm like no, I'd rather just play Final Fantasy 14. So um someone who never thought that he'd ever play an MMO and thought they were dumb, I sure do uh, like Final Fantasy 14. That's awesome, man. I'm glad you've been enjoying it. Have you played literally? Okay, so quick, in a couple sentences, how much Final Fantasy VII Remake have you actually played, and what do you think of it so far? I'm on Chapter 3. Like, that's it. Like, I I, it, I just was doing some <laughs> side quests for the first time with Tifa. It's fun. I really like it. It's genuinely a super awesome game, and even just getting to play Tifa, Tifa is so much fun to play by the way i don't think i'm ever going to play cloud again and uh i think that like strategy is already there like one of the bosses killed me because i was trying to do some like stupid goofy stuff and it actually like wiped me and so i was like oh wow like this there's actually challenge um also because your partner ai is garbage trash that can't like feed itself without like you holding the spoon for them Mm mm-hmm yeah, I didn't find the AI to be particularly great in that game. When I actually looked at Tifa to see what she was doing when I was controlling Cloud, she was literally just standing there and maybe throwing like a punch every couple seconds. Just one punch. I'm like, this is why I don't have active, active time battle, because she'd rather just like make friends with the monster. I feel like the only thing that's made the AI super useful are the like auto-use materia. And that way, at least they can get some heals in or something like that on this side. Or I throw a cess on one of the other people and have them, when their bar fills up, be like, okay, now you can check out my enemies for the log. Well, yeah, that, I definitely you can think actually, it requires you to like, have participation to control them. Yeah, and like it's good that you can actually command them to use spells and stuff, because that's basically what I was doing the entire time, was just switching over to them to get them to do something and then back to cloud. But good, I'm glad you're enjoying it, and I'm super stoked that you're, you're actually in on an MMO, which has literally never happened before. <laughs> so good fucking luck with that even up to uh, also with Darren on the same Final Fantasy 7 and Final Fantasy 14 um, I'd like everyone to know and confirm that Matt was the one that put us onto this MMO stuff in the first place so yeah it was huge and I'm, <laughs> I'm also loving both of them uh, both for very different reasons of course but the MMO grind and addiction is totally real the dungeons are so much fun uh, having everyone in their roles and everything is, is very, very, very cool and very well designed. 
the environmental like aesthetic design final fantasy 7 remake especially just eternal shadows just the lighting in that game is so cool um and then mm. apex season six just dropped so i've been playing a bunch of that recently as well and i'm still very much addicted to competitive shooters uh, specifically apex how did, they, how did how did they change the map for season six they changed the map. Um, there's some new areas. There's like a there's like a space shuttle launch area going up now. There's like a huge barrier that you can kind of interact with and move, which is neat. Like uh, cuts off a large portion of entrance into that area in the map. There's still smaller doorways you can go through, but I guess it funnels people in a bit more. Um, the new character is great. Uh, Rampart. You can put up shields on the map and throw down a, a like a minigun turret. Uh, so I'm seeing some interesting defensive tactics being put in now that they have the three defensive roles filled in. Uh, with Watson and the fences and the grenade anti-grenade pylon, which is awesome. It's usually my favorite character to play. Um, so I'm still amazed that they put in so many heroes, and at no point ever in the game does it feel like if you go up against a certain hero, then you're toast. The balancing of it is super well done. Uh, the new guns are great. They have a new like energy-based weapon RP, uh, uh, submachine gun that feels fantastic, the Volt, uh, for any Titanfall 2 fans that's from there as well. Uh, some really good awesome. updates for for Apex. I'm loving it. The game's solid all the way through. That's dope. That and that's super dope. That game continues to perform, and I'm super happy that that game found the success it did because Respawn totally deserves it. Um, which just means go play Titanfall two, because that game is incredible and has one of the best single player shooter campaigns in quite a while, in my opinion. Matt, definitely, definitely what agree. Are you up to? So I finally got Final Fantasy working after literal months of trying and trying to get in touch with Square Enix support to no friggin' avail. Um, I ended up posting. So shout out to the guy on the Busan console game exchange group because I posted on there <laughs> playing from Korea has been a hassle. And he's like, dude, just hotspot, hotspot your phone, log into the client, hotspot on your phone and switch back once you're actually in. And lo and behold, this shit actually worked. So Senna and I have both dove, have both dove into dove dove into yeah we both <laughs> into Final Fantasy XIV now. Um, I uh, we're both really enjoying it. I'm having a lot of fun with it, and like I've I've missed like this MMO grind. I haven't played one probably since like Maple Story days, like RuneScape days, <laughs> like 15 years ago when me and Lucas used mm-hmm. to play the shit out of both of them. Um, and it's it's a ton of fun. It is. I'm still early game, and it is very fetch questy at first. But yeah. just being back in that kind of world is enough for me that I'm just kind of like, this is awesome. And like, Sen has been super into it as well, uh, which is great. So I'm I'm really really digging it, and I'm excited to continue to level and actually get a proper job once I get up to level thirty, um, and start learning. Uh, and uh, I've I've followed Darren footsteps and taken the role of a healer, which I've literally never done before. <laughs> but it's uh, fun it's stressful pro- yeah um the one thing that i'm finding really really annoying and darren maybe maybe there's a way that you can help me figure this out more um so senna and i usually partied up when we're playing together and we were doing like an instanced fight and there was somebody else running around like just just hmm. another player and she was dying and i i wanted to heal her so very hmm. badly but the amount yeah. of times I tried to select her, at least using the D-pad, it would go to every other enemy and then back to Senna without ever highlighting her. And the way I ended up highlighting her was literally like fucking standing still and using the trackpad to like physically select her because the trackpad acts as a mouse. But by the time I selected her and started casting, she died. 
Is there Oof. a better way to friggin' select someone? Yeah, there is. That's the the biggest problem, especially for controller users. I think uh, when you're playing Final Fantasy XIV, is uh, I mean, it's not really built for controller users that much. There is the customization options, but you have to find them in the options menu. You have to go out of your way to fix it yourself. Uh, in the options menu, there is a way to actually change who you are able to target with your D-pad targeting. Oh, um, I see. And it, and it actually changes based on when your weapon is away and when your weapon is drawn. So okay. if your weapon is drawn, it actually reduces the number of people that you can target so that you can focus on the battle at hand. But you can go so into got... the options menu and you can actually select more people yeah. to be able to target. So I got to fix my settings then. But yeah, the game is great. I'm super enjoying it so far. Uh, I've been playing more Fall Guys. I'm friggin' obsessed with Fall Guys. I'm up to eight wins now, and I just keep nice. playing Fall Guys. Nice. Um, the game is fantastic, and I also want to shout out their friggin' Twitter account because their community manager is incredible. Uh, they've been waging this war with this one Twitch streamer, Tim the Tapman, who be they've been ruthless. And now they're also in this big <laughs> brand auction, basically being like whoever bids the most amount of money gets a skin in the game, but all that money is going to a UK-based charity that helps disabled gamers. So that's fantastic. I'm all about brand shit. That's it's awesome. going to the right place. So that I think I think it's super, super cool. Um, and the last thing that I'm going to talk about really quickly is Ghost of Tsushima. Still playing it, still loving it. I really do think that it's one of my, if not my game of the year so far. I'm finally in the last act, so I'm approaching the end of the game. The combat is some of the most fun I've had in a video game in a long fucking time. And that game is fantastic because they also just announced a free co-op mode coming this fall. So if you've been on the fence yeah. about Ghost of Tsushima, go check that shit out. It's so, so, so much fun. I'm usually like, especially in open world, it's a stealthy gamer that goes in and tries to like pick enemies off quietly. The amount of times I've just run in and been like, let's go! And like try to take <laughs> on all the enemies at one time. Literally never play like that. But that game's combat is so much fun that I've been so into it. It's It's been fantastic. How much time you put into it now? And ghost uh that's a great question because i wish playstation had some sort of fucking game clock i would guess probably somewhere around 30 hours and again like i'm usually somebody that like hmm. hits the main stories and kind of just does the side quests along the way i've gone out of my way to clear everything on the map before continuing on with the story so like up until where i'm at now i'm in the third act which is the final act um and like my map is clean from everywhere like from where i am below um because i'm I'm having so much fun. And the last, very last thing I want to talk about before we move on, that game, every single thing that you do feels important. The side quests feel important. Mm. The writing for a bunch of the side quests is fantastic. The um, environmental design is incredible. They have these temples and basically what's like, as you get there, you have to figure out how to get up to it. And a bunch of the, I guess, like the navigational puzzles, like, I don't I don't know how else to describe them, like figuring out how to get to the endpoint is some mm -hmm. of my favorite content. I've realized now I hate 99% of puzzles, except puzzles that you have to like, how do you get there? Because they're incredibly designed. They're so much fun. And that game is just fantastic. So if you've been on the fence, go check it out because it's super, super cool. The I next thing I that was... we're gonna talk about moving. I know I was waiting for it, but the multiplayer looked super awesome, and I'm nobody saw that coming. I think, and it's awesome that they're putting it in. So I'm definitely, definitely uh, getting that as soon as it pops out for sure. Yeah, especially, awesome. especially that it's free, and the way that they progress through it is awesome too, because they have co-op specific stuff, they have squad specific stuff for all four, and you have to clear the squad stuff to be able to get. They have like a full raid dungeon 
um, locked behind a challenge that Damn. you have to get through as four players first. So, like, you can play as two people and do things completely different than you'd play as four people. And again, you have to get through the four-person stuff to get to, like, this raid dungeon. So everything that they're doing with it sounds super, super cool. And it's free. So And I think you said that no one saw that coming. But if I remember correctly, I did bet on Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer coming in our betting episode. I don't know in really? which form. I think I did. I think I did bet on multiplayer for Ghost Ooh. of Tsushima, although I don't remember the exact methods that it would be produced. I think I compared it more to a Dark Souls system. But you know, there is multiplayer in the game. We're coming down to about two weeks out from the end of our bet, because I think we said end of August, right? Uh, and I just like to call out, if we're bringing that up, you said that Call of Duty would just be called Black Ops, and we got confirmation that it's actually Black Ops Cold War. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's a terrible that's name. I'm, I'm going to go back and listen to Tally this shit. But yeah, I'm really curious, Darren, because I don't remember almost any of our bets. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the so sole reason that Halo has been delayed is so that they can accommodate an RPG skill tree following your guys prediction <laughs> for master chief that's that's got to be the only thing they're like this is what it's missing we need these skill tree elements for master chief it's coming guys these predictions are real i feel it hey i'm still sticking by the fact that there was a tab on there for upgrades on that fucking demo so we'll see but the last thing that we've all been playing and the thing that we're going to be focusing on for the next little bit is the avengers beta so for anyone who somehow missed this game, Marvel's Avengers is coming out on September 4th. It's developed by Square Enix in partnership with Crystal Dynamics. And essentially, it's basically what if Destiny was the Avengers? You have your own characters that you can hop in. You run missions together. There's a huge single-player mode as well. And this game has been the source of a lot of criticism online due to graphics and due to the way that's been presented. And because it is a games-as-a-service. They ran a beta the weekend before last for pre-orders only. So Alistair and I hopped in then. And this past weekend was a beta for all PlayStation players. So Darren, Alistair, and I hopped in there. The next upcoming weekend, if you haven't checked it out yet, is an open beta. So if you're curious about the game, go check it out. But essentially, guys, what I want to talk about is before we get into specifics, just a couple sentences, what did you think about the beta? And Darren, I want to start with you because you are the one who's most recently experienced fit from the start. Just give me like you know, three to four sentences about what you thought about the beta surface level thoughts. It was, it, w- it was f- fine. with a positive uptick. Like, I, it's, it's like, it's weird for me because I felt like there are parts of it that I really, really enjoyed. And then there was a bunch of parts that were holding it back. Like the core combat for me act of smashing things is really fun which is good because that's what you're doing 90% of the time Mm -hmm. Uh, the things around it like the design things around it like the user interface and like the the loot system and the enemy design and like all the like technical aspects of it were not fine in my opinion okay Al what about you I really loved it from my first experiences with it. I feel like this was a pretty generous look so far, but it's still so limited. I see uh, limited in terms of what we saw. I see a lot of great building blocks there in terms of these systems, but whether the longevity of them will keep up is, I think, remains to be seen. But it, from the building blocks, including just the combat mechanics to the narrative setup, 
and the single player campaign stuff, I see a lot, a lot, a lot of potential that I liked. So I'm hoping they follow through with it well. See, for me, I I'm kind of in Darren's camp. Actually, I'm a little more pessimistic on this game um, than I think Al is. Um, there are parts of it that I really enjoyed, and I think when it was moving and it was clicking with, especially, I thought it was much better with all of us together. I had a lot more fun with it when all three of us were playing and communicating. When it was taking off and we were kind of, you know, working in unity to accomplish stuff, I think it felt great. Um, I just think that it a lot of the missions felt very samey. And that's one of my biggest problems with the game. And again, Al, like you mentioned, the longevity of the game and how mm-hmm. it's going to perform months after launch is one of my biggest, biggest worries. And funny enough, um, we played the first beta weekend out together and I was I was lukewarm on the game. My second weekend with the game actually made me feel better about it. And I'm not sure if that's just because I had more tempered expectations um, Mm -hmm. about what to expect. And it took the data mining of the of the of the beta, which we're not going to get into too much. But it's just I do want to touch on a couple things from that data mine that made me feel better about it because they've strangely shown a bunch, but at the same time, have not. And a lot of my original worries may be evened out through a bunch of the shit that they didn't show. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into that in a sec. Um, what, what Where I want to start, guys, is the A-Day demo. So for anyone who's unaware, A-Day is the event that kind of kicks off the whole game. Um, it's it's the tech demo, not the tech demo, but it's the opening slice of the game that we've seen many, many times. If you've seen a trailer for this game, you've seen A-Day, where it's like all the Avengers just having the celebratory thing and then shit gets to go south and, you know, they get attacked. And you get a, a couple minutes with each character as a kind of intro to it. Um, and I, I want to start with A-Day because we've seen it so many times and now we've actually had the chance to play it. Um, Al, what did you think of actually playing A-Day compared to actually seeing it? Because it wasn't met with the most receptive buzz online when it was shown off. I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. Um, I think it was still my least favorite part of the beta experience that I went through, just just the opening A-Day sequence. Um, But it felt good. Like, I think a lot of people were worried about, like, the hits and stuff. I was worried about, you know, if they're going into multiplayer, are they going to do, like, locked animations and hit stopping? Because how do you time that out when you've got multiple people running around? But they input those things, and I think it works really well. Thor felt great. The hits felt solid. Uh, I like just the subtle difference of when you throw his hammer, it doesn't arc the same way Kratos' arcs when you throw it, because it's a hammer. It should fly pretty straight. Come back to you. Um, I like the options that we got with testing out the different characters in different kinds of scenarios. We had kind of the open brawl areas for Thor. We had the little boss fights for um, for Widow and and for Hulk as well. Uh, later on in the in the beta single player player section, and most of all, I really love the way Cap felt. And it was a shame that we only got so little time with him because uh, I feel like the more you play the game, the more you can see how each character's mechanics address enemies a little bit differently. So I'm hoping that depth appears later down the line. But the A-Day setup, the storyline also felt really interesting. Um, and again, just hoping it follows through well from the from the tee-up. Darren, what do you think? Because we, we've spoken about that A-Day clip quite a few times, um, both on air and off. And um, I know you were a little lukewarm on it through its presentation and the way mm-hmm. that it was shown off. So how did you actually feel getting getting behind the sticks and actually controlling the characters as they went through it? It's much more fun to play and it initially looks just watching it and maybe that's just because they polished it since they first revealed it but i i had a lot of fun playing a day and i think that the way that they used 
uh, the characters in it is a great introduction to the different aspects of the characters, and it does show off what makes each of those characters unique. Um, and also, I want to parrot what Alistair said about Cap. I had more fun playing Captain America than all the other characters in A-Day, and I felt up, I'm like, damn it! Now I have <laughs> to play the full game to see if that, like, actually works. Like, Cap really good and he's the only character i played in that game with a consistent block and like that was like really separated him and protected him and i'm like yeah and uh i just think it was a really really good introduction uh to the different differences the only times where i think it faltered was uh, i don't think hulk's section felt super good it made him look really slow like he's supposed to be running at full mm. tilt his animations, his arms like stretch like he's like sprinting at a million miles an hour, but he's actually moving at like the same running speed as like Black Widow. So it like looks really awkward. Yeah, I um I also agree that I think actually playing it made me feel a lot better about it than having to see it a hundred different times. I think the biggest issue that I had with it was Iron Man. Um, I felt mm -hmm. that the swap to him was very, very jarring, and they immediately throw you into this like fast flying section that I don't think the controls hold up to immediately. I think you need some time with him flying to get used to him, and the way that the demo handles it isn't great. Um, I like I was struggling to hit anything with the shots flying around. Like I landed a few and I took a couple enemies down, but like it just it's a really quick slice of a character that I think you need more time with. I felt like Thor and actually I disagree Darren about Hulk's movement. I think he felt much mm. faster in the, in a day than he does in traversal. Um, <laughs> like in, in a day, I actually felt like I had some momentum when actually traversing later on in the game. I felt like I was like, Oh my God, this motherfucker is slow. Um, so <laughs> I, I actually really liked it. And um, again, I actually echo, I was so stoked to play Cap, and I really liked how he controlled and his shit, so, like, I feel like once we actually get in-game, I think we're gonna have a bit of a bidding war to see who's gonna actually be playing Cap, um, because <laughs> I, I actually also really liked him. Um, I do think that the biggest issue is, and, and like, you know, as, as we kind of move in to talk about the characters, um, Kamala, I wish Kamala actually had a bit of more, and maybe she does in the full game. I wish she had a little bit more of an active role in that segment and not maybe not even necessarily in the bridge fight, but back on the helicarrier or something. I would have I would have seen I would have liked to seen a little bit more from her. And maybe we do, maybe that just wasn't shown. Um, but given that she's such an I, integral part of the game, I just felt a little bit weird that we got very, very, very little of her in that segment. Yeah, I think that uh, we will, because I've seen in some trailers footage of Kamala wearing a Captain Marvel t-shirt with, like, a VIP pass, and it looks like she's, like, surprised by, like, an explosion of something going on. So I think that is supposed to be, like, a cut, and it looks like the same time of day and everything, so I think that's supposed to be, like, a cut to her, of her reactions during what's going on. Well... We, we do see her for a couple seconds. We do see her back on the helicarrier, but like I would have liked like to have a bit of like a segment of maybe her trying to run to escape or like I would have liked to have controlled her for a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I feel like. Right. right. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. For, in terms of control. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah because I, she's I, so. Yeah. In, we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. But um, I, I want to move on to, to the characters because I think that's for me, that's the bread and butter of this game more so than anything else. It's it's the characters. So uh, Darren, let's 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 go back to you. Who was your 
favorite character to control and what did you kind of think about the different way that the characters felt uh this is gonna be weird because i don't think it's my favorite character to like i don't know physically control but it was the character that i actually enjoyed playing the most was hulk actually like <laughs> playing hulk the best which i'm i'm like, laughing at because you both i know absolutely did not like playing hulk whatsoever yeah it's not that i didn't like him i just felt like i had more fun elsewhere if that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah i I'm tried on that and it's funny it's funny because I was watching Darren play through uh, some of the stuff for the first time. He was share playing with me, and so I watched his frustrations with Hulk start off, and then the, like the slow acceptance and enjoyment of it of that transition was really fun for me to watch. <laughs> so I could see like, oh, it's like, oh, it works this way, oh, and then I could see him having more fun with it. It was really neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I think that Hulk I enjoyed the best, especially because I figured out like, yeah, better way to use him, and then it turned out like he was actually quite versatile. <laughs> And then, uh, to the opposite of effect, the character I liked playing the least was actually Iron Man, because um, I found hit. I found at least at the beginning where you can't upgrade their skill trees. I found his like repulsor blasts felt like really wimpy, and uh, I didn't like the flying controls. And um, I just thought that like at least at the beginning he didn't have enough upgrades for me to like be super effective with him. Al, what about you? What'd you think? Uh, yeah, my favorite to play was Iron Man. I think because I, I put in some time to see how the flying worked. The hover to flying transition is really interesting. It takes a little bit of a learning curve just to figure out the pacing with it. But then once you do and that you start to feel that movement, I think it works very well. Uh, and then as you get further down his skill trees and you open up the three kinds of weapon systems of the repulsors being upgraded, the lasers, and then the rockets, they each have their own unique way that they interact with enemies. So like you feel like you have so many different tools and stuff on your tool belt, which feels perfect for Iron Man to me. That And those rockets hit well. And they have good knockback and, and good enemy response. Uh, so switching between them on the fly, literally on the fly, makes you feel cool. <laughs> and then dropping down with a good ground pound or something like that. I I felt the depth and diversity that Iron Man should have in his assets that make him, the, to me, the most fun Avenger to play so far. Um, what but about, the other what characters have also felt great. Least favorite so far? Um, actually, as I, I in the second week, uh, second weekend, I played a lot more Hulk, and I was starting to enjoy him more. I could see where that just the raw damage of it and just picking up an enemy and smashing them into a whole wide group of enemies around you is just so satisfying. Um, so yeah. I think still Hulk is my least favorite, but that's not really saying much because I still had a lot of fun playing him mm -hmm. and seeing his his attack options open up as well. Uh, with each of the yeah, characters, I, I felt like they had this this curve where you start playing them and everyone feels kind of different. And then you play them a little bit more and you're like, oh, wait, are they all kind of the same? And then as you open up more in the skill tree, you're like, oh, no, everyone is very, very different. And the more your time you put in, the more niches you find for them. And I found that more enjoyable the more time I put in, which bodes well, hopefully. Yeah, uh, what do you think? For me, um, my favorite character was Kamala. Um, I had a lot of fun playing as Kamala Khan. Um, she felt like the in-between of Black Widow and Hulk, right? In, in terms of her speed and mobility. Uh, she's quick, she's agile. And at the same time, she packs a massive wallop. Like when we were playing together, um, Darren, you got not frustrated with me, but you were like, dude, what the fuck? Because I, <laughs> you were preparing like a blast with Widow and I absolutely yeah. hammered a guy and he went fucking 
flying. And that's one of my favorite parts about this game <laughs> was like the hits. Like you feel like a superhero absolutely sending guys like teetering through like woods. Um, so I had a lot of fun as Kamala. Um, my least favorite is is weird. Um, in terms of combat, it was Hulk. Um, he was he, he was fine, but he was whatever. But hmm. in terms of movement, it's actually a tie between Hulk and Widow. Um, mm. because I had a blast using Black Widow for combat. Um, but I think one of my biggest issues coming down to this game, at, at least from now, is the traversal. And that's because Iron Man feels great flying around. Like Al, once you said, once you get to, like, once you kind of figure out his flying, you spend a little bit of time with him, moving around on him feels great. The transition from air to, to ground is, is fantastic. But, and, and Kamala shares a bit of that problem as well. Um, the traversal with the rest of them feels not as fun as Iron Man, in my opinion. There, there's, a, there's a complete lack of, of momentum between the characters. And especially when you're running through massive open areas, going from point A to point B to accomplish your objective. Like, I would take off and fly down, and I'd be Kamala literally bunny hopping my way to get to the next spot. Um, and I feel like that was one of my biggest issues. And I know that there are movement options hidden behind the skill trees. And evidently, as and again, this is apart from the data mines that I want to touch on, they did find because there there's you got to through work through three different skill trees in the beta, and there were two additional pages of skill trees. Wow. And there there are movement options there for some characters. I wish there weren't. I really, really wish that the skill trees focused on combat and skills because like they suffer, like a lot of the characters, at least in my opinion, suffer from a brutal lack of momentum and moving around of them going from point A to point B was just not fun. Yeah, I I found the one thing I I wanted when I was playing, especially with Widow and Kamala and Hulk, was uh, in near Automata, when you run for like more than five to ten seconds, you enter like a second gear and you just start sprinting. And it's such a simple little momentum switch, but it's so satisfying. And especially for larger traversal maps, I think something like that, that I, I hope maybe pops up in the movement tree, if there is that for characters, because it would help with the traversal and exploration aspect without being able to be abused in combat if it takes you know a little bit of a spin-up time before you start that that sprint but i i felt that too i i definitely spent the majority of the first week playing with iron man and flying around and committing to other characters the second week i definitely felt a little bit more restricted in how i was getting around so hopefully they they introduce more fun movement options there they have jump pads and things on the ground but it's not the same for bigger world traversal yeah, and I can see where you're coming from, and uh, Matt, when you're saying that you wish that they didn't have uh, movement skill tree options, because like as a player, I'm very excited to be able to upgrade them to do stuff like Black Widow. Her grappling hook can actually be upgraded to carry her momentum through her swing, so she can get like Spider-Man kinds of speed. I like the idea of like momentum speed like Spider-Man, uh, right. uh, but. That's going to create a big difference if you're playing with somebody online who has all those movement upgrades and you don't. They're just going to get to every objective way faster than you, and then exactly. they have to wait for you. And like, I have no problem with the game being like, you got to learn the combat. You got to, you know, again, unlock more weapon trees and stuff. I have no issue with that, but I feel like just because, again, if you're not fighting, you're literally running from objective to objective, and it just 
feels not fun. And like, again, if, if those second and third pages of, of unlocks is behind a level cap or something where you're expected to hit a certain level to be able to unlock them, you're going to spend so much time just not enjoying a movement. And I feel like that shouldn't be in a game where you're playing with friends. And like, if out, like all the time, Al would just take off and it would be me and Darren, like literally jumping <laughs> bunny hopping after him because <laughs> we were trying to keep up. And like, that's not fun because that sucks because the combat is really enjoyable and the character moments are a lot of fun and the story does seem interesting, but like to have such a fundamental part of the game, at least at first blush, not be good because I would flat out say it's not good. Like you, especially with Widow and Kamala, when you're trying to swing, it literally feels like it hit a wall halfway through. Mm. It's like, Come accurate in representing the frustrations of the non-flying players or non-flying members <laughs> <laughs> right okay bye uh, man you take off thing... we'll walk i guess yeah but, right see you later so what i yeah one other thing that i wanted to say uh was about the characters and alistair you already kind of brought it up and i think this is what's interesting to me is that we all did pick different characters that we liked does prove because one of my biggest worries was that the characters were going to feel too similar it's kind of a weird in between where i this is proof that the characters are different enough that we can actually have definitive favorites um mm -hmm. but at the same time at least at the start they do feel quite similar they don't really have super defined roles it was kind of confusing because Matt, you said it was fun to play multiplayer together, uh, but for me, I felt like it was kind of chaos because I didn't really have like a specific direction of like what I should be doing. I didn't feel like playing Hulk. I was like, oh, I should be doing this thing. So because Do all the characters kind of the same. that's. I have a quick question before we move off this, and and it's something that I just thought of. Do you think that's lightly in part of? because you've been playing so much Final Fantasy XIV lately, where your roles are very clearly defined. And I feel like Avengers is more of like a be your favorite superhero and work together than it is you're the tank, you're the healer kind of thing. Do you think that could be impacting you a little bit? Maybe, uh, but I also don't think so in this case, because I'm also comparing it to the Lego Marvel games, where <laughs> in terms of like environmental design, uh, the Lego characters despite them all having the same control schemes, all have their own unique abilities other characters can't do, and you physically can't progress in certain cases unless you have a character with a specific ability. Whereas in this case, mm. everybody can do every objective at all times. Right. Um, Almost. Actually, bringing up the environmental design I, is something that I want, really wanted to touch into if we wanted to transition to that. So... There are certain locked doors, at least, and which are similar to those Lego Marvel superheroes, very specific environment interactions where you're either putting something together or like X-Men Legends, Iceman forming a bridge here. They do have a couple things like that where, you know, you need Hulk or Kamala, someone big bruiser to break down a large door. But I feel like the actual combat rules, while not clearly defined like tank, healer, DPS, like in an MMO, are still there... Uh, as you go down those skill trees and as you open up character abilities based on how they've chosen to design their enemies. So the way that they actually show a lot of these different cooldown moves and, and 
and uh, combo moves in particular on the tree, which I really liked, is they're very explicit about saying this move has a certain amount of damage. This move has a certain amount of impact. This move gives a reaction, which is like a knockback or a stun. Enemies have stagger bars. And so they've built in hard and, and communicated to the players uh, that there's different guards that you can break, and certain characters are better at doing that than other characters. Widow has a great leg sweep that you can get in and take out uh, guarded enemies, enemies with a big shield that they use to block stagger attacks. Uh, but you have to be right up in their face to do it, and if they have an energy shield on them, which is kind of like a barrier that reduces damage, they not that may not be effective. So then I could see maybe Thor, with his uh, lightning powers, are able to take down those shields, so then Widow can pop in and break the guard. So as you go down those trees, I think these abilities actually open up. I think the building blocks are there for a lot of deep combat. But at the beginning, when everyone just has flight attack, heavy attack, ranged attack, everyone feels kind of the same until they open up. Darren, when you brought up Captain America blocking consistently, that was something that really got me thinking as well. If he's the only one that can block consistently, enemies also have like God of War style hit indicators, what will be like a blue timing circle, a yellow timing circle, and a red. Blue being like a light attack that can kind of knock you off a little bit. Yellow will make you stagger, and red will usually drop you to the floor and make you take a second or two to get back up. What if Cap, later down his skill tree, has a shield block for unblockable attacks, and he's the only person that does? What if Widow is able to counter red attacks but can't dodge out of the way of them? So there's different interactions and building blocks I'm seeing that hopefully they leverage down the line to make characters feel more I unique. just don't know how that... I just feel like this game is going to be one of those things that it's like, oh, it gets good 10 hours in. You know what I mean? And and that's kind of something that I'm worried about because if all these skills are necessary for you to have more enjoyment out of it and to maybe find those defined roles, Darren, like you were talking about, I I don't know how many people are going to want to put in the commitment. And and that's something that I kind of want to use to transition into the actual mission design because in the, in the actual uh, beta, we got about an hour's worth guys i would say about a single player content yeah or like an hour and a half i don't know something around there roughly hour, hour and a half. right yeah yeah hour an hour and a half of single player content which leads to multiplayer content uh which is like um some of them are just kind of quick mission excuse me quick quick missions where you get into like a base and you have to kind of clear the enemies out and and do a thing or larger environmental areas where you're flying through there's smaller objectives to do as you're kind of moving through to, to towards your main objective and uh, Al, I, I want to ask you, how did you feel about the missions that we got to play? And not to hit on any one specifically, but just kind of generally speaking, did you enjoy it? Did you feel that there was enough variety? Um, do you want to play those same missions for a month over and over again? I'll say this off the bat. With the things that we were shown, if that's all there is, they're going to have a bad time. Again, I think the modular building blocks are there. But what makes MMOs in particular, and Darren and I are seeing this now, and Matt, you're just about to hit the dungeon section for Final Fantasy XIV, is you need more complexity. You need these dungeon-style raids to make something like Games as Service, of which I think subscription is the ultimate Games as Service, really. Um, <laughs> to make it have that longevity, you need variation. You need diversity. So they have short missions and longer missions. Some are just quick base raids. Uh, you. you you go in, you take out the enemies, or you save some some people, and maybe you have a couple environmental puzzles to open a chest somewhere um, that you can interact with the environment with the characters with. But they did show 
uh, at least a layered level structure where first you go into the wide world, traversal and exploration, then you find that base, you take out the elite enemies, then you go down a floor or two, and you start doing more intense puzzles, and maybe it caps off with another big enemy, either a control fight, uh, like point control, King of the Hill style, or you do uh, an elite enemy takedown on the bottom, or maybe there's a bigger boss at the bottom. If they can find ways to keep that variation fresh, and for me, the biggest second point in, in this game in its entirety was always around the enemy design. It doesn't matter how cool the characters feel if all the enemies break the same. And similarly, even though they look like they have the roles of different enemy types well-defined, you have your infantry, you have your archer kind of characters, artillery, you have your big bruiser tanks that Hulk can go up against, if those are the same and there's no different factions, like you're only fighting AIM or you're only fighting robots, it's going to get stale really quick. I'm going to point out the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer design, I think, being fantastic for this because they had three or four different factions of enemies and each of those had the different roles for their enemies within them, but each faction behaved differently. You felt differently when you're going up against each of them. And I think something like that is what's going to be required to give Avengers any hope at having longevity. Darren, what about you? What did you think um, about the missions that we got to play in the beta? Yeah, I think... Um... I think they were fine. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it really is a kind of a combination of what you both said, where it's like, uh, I think that there is potential. Like, I've seen Final Fantasy XIV do so many unique things with such a simple system. Like, the fact that you can have so many varying different kinds of boss mechanics with a system that's just like a cooldown auto attack system is insane. So, if they can do that, there, then I think Avengers has the potential to create very interesting combat scenarios to keep it fresh. Um, but uh, yeah, you need enemies that are like well integrated, and I find that the um, enemies are very, very visually messy, and it can make the missions kind of frustrating sometimes. Um, where like I can't physically tell what's going on. Like I was trying to play Black Widow, who's definitely has a combat system that's supposed to be closer to like a Batman game or like a Spider-Man game with counters and things, but I I felt I couldn't accurately like do that because so many enemies are attacking at the same time and the visual indicators for these enemies are so messy that I can't accurately time my button presses to do proper counters and the objectives themselves were like a, a little too simple. It was like go here, stand on a button, go here on a button the only interesting or the most interesting combat encounter we did or level mission that we did was the one that's supposed to be like a secret mission that you only get by doing a uh, specific bunker in one level and then going back and revisiting the tundra i thought that was fun so if they have more stuff like that where the puzzle was more than just kill these enemies wait for this meter to fill actually had puzzles where you had to stand on certain places in specific orders timed while enemies were trying to hack other ones. So you actually had to like do teamwork. Like that was great. So like if they have more unique things like that, I think it could be fun. But if it's just the same stuff that we've experienced, it's gonna be not as fun for a long period of time. Yeah, um Something that I was just thinking about, and I think one of my main problems with the missions themselves is that, like, especially when you got into these smaller corridor fight segments, 
a lot of them felt very, very samey, both from environmental design, enemy design, and what you were doing. Like I, I like I enjoyed the game quite a bit when you were outside as much as it, as much problems as I did have with traversal. I thought kind of like running around was cool. I thought as soon as you kind of get inside and you start getting kind of funneled into certain areas, um, the gameplay kind of breaks down and it's it's fun to fight, but you're kind of going through these areas. And something that I was thinking about, Darren, as you were kind of talking, was uh, I played a bunch of Destiny 2, and I know, Al, you did too uh, at launch. Hmm. And I was thinking back and even playing Final Fantasy now, where, like, where, like I literally spent just like a couple hours doing nothing but Fates, which is like your instance encounters, where it's just basically a bunch of mush- a bunch of mush- mis- a bunch of monsters are falling down this area, kill them all, because Destiny 2 also did that a lot, where you'd, you'd be running around the map and it'd be like, this thing is happening here now, like, get over there and do it. <laughs> And that kind of breaks up the monotony of going here, doing this. And something that I was just thinking about is something that I want to ask you guys, um, because I, I really do wonder how much the missions will actually vary. Do you think if Avengers had more of a cohesive open world kind of split into different segments, do you think that would do a game of do the game a favor? Because I think something that kind of maybe made me frustrated, and as I'm kind of thinking out loud about it now when you get in and you do the shorter missions that some of them literally are like seven to 10 minutes, you can get in and bang them out and like very, very quickly. But then you're all, you're met with almost half that time in loading screens because the load in is long. The loadout mm-hmm. is long. You have multiple levels of selecting the mission to be able to get in. I feel like it wouldn't feel as glaring if I was in a mission an instance comes up, I go over and I fight those enemies, I clear out that area, now I'm back continuing on the mission, I'm running further on, but then something else happens. And like, again, Final Fantasy fourteen, like doing the fetch quest and stuff, sure, it can be grindy, but like, I think just the act of actually having it all in a one, one space, right? Like, without all yeah. these loading screens, continuously uh-huh. breaking up the experience... Do you think that the game would be better off with like even if these like even like the jarring transition of maybe going from a tundra to a forest if you kind of load through for a couple seconds? Do you think the game would be better off having this kind of more not necessarily seamless but more connected open world? Uh, Darren, let's go to you first. And that's a really good question. Um, I I think it could be better in some ways, but it's going to be worse off in others um, because. The ways it's going to be better is, yeah, it's going to feel much more connected. Cutting out those loading screens, I think, could help you get over some of that frustration a lot. And it would be nice to feel like an actual superhero protecting a zone. Like, this is the zone that I'm in, and I'm going to clear out the enemies over here. I'm going to go do this thing over here. And it's going to feel, like, probably a little more, like, immersed in it. Um, And maybe, yeah, you'd be less frustrated going into some more confined zones. Um, but I think there's a danger of it also being worse because I think if you're doing it that way, it's going to be harder for them to create content, which I think is already a big issue that people are going to have where I don't know how much content it will have. It sounds like there's going to be a lot of content, actually, uh, because they keep talking about that in their war rooms. And by having a separated mission structure, I think it allows them create more content because they can reuse some areas and change them in like visually significant ways that would be hard to do if it was one connected world so I'm, i don't know i'm kind of undecided on it al what do you think uh when i was thinking about especially fates or those destiny 2 kind of instance missions what i found with both of them was that they're fun at first 
And then as they keep popping up, you kind of just ignore them. Especially with Destiny 2, I found like they were really interesting off the start, and then about like 15, 20 hours in, I'd see the same big enemy drop down, you have to put the orbs in the thing and take out its legs, and I'm like, I just don't have to do this, so I'm not going to. I would rather go into a dungeon area uh, equivalent and do it that way. Um, I think I think the way that they have the levels set up now is actually more in favor to an Avenger-style setup in general. I want to be in a hub space, taking the Quinjet out to different spots in the world, different environments that are not necessarily all continuously connected, and going and doing a mission there. The Avengers go in. They're a special ops team. They're not they're not like the city guard kind of omnipresent. They go specifically where they're needed at times of need. So I think that kind of mission structure fits very well thematically with them. And I think what Darren is saying is right too. I would rather have smaller areas specifically designed for a certain experience because I think that works better with the kind of complex combat that they're doing in terms of as well their environmental design. Yeah, we have the open traversal areas, which are very different when you get down into the kind of dungeon uh, underground floors that are corridors and hallways, sure, but they have that 3D design aspect where Iron Man has to be able to fly around and go up to different platforms where Hulk can't reach that the same way. Um, it's more than just ledges kind of combat that we see in like a God of War uh, combat system, even though they're using a similar kind of enemy hit indicator and stuff like that. God of War was very arena-style combat, and mainly ledges. Spider-Man, I think, is the best and closest fit to that, where you have a lot of different ledges, but it's more of a 3D space. But he's still just swinging. With Iron Man, he has to be able to hover and fly around. And when you get into the damage types like knockback, I found it was super useful for me to be like, okay, I need to fly up as Iron Man, use my knockback attacks on these sniper enemies to put them down on the ground level so Hulk can smash. So that environmental complexity and design, I think, works very well. From what I've seen, I think it's a huge shout-out to how they can make each character feel unique with their abilities through the environment. Who can grapple up to this thing? Who can fly up? How quickly can you get those enemies down? Is everyone fulfilling their roles? And I would say a, a role in this game is maneuverability, is... Iron Man being able to fly, or Thor being able to fly, maybe Spider-Man and Widow being able to zip up quickly to get to enemies faster. I think that is a valid role description in this kind of game. And so I would rather see, rather than that continuous world, those dungeons that are designed to leverage those aspects better and then have the open world traversal as the kind of happy medium of this is an open space that we can explore for environmental puzzles and maybe a Fate-style thing can drop in, but I don't think those give as much longevity uh, in the long run. Yeah, I totally get that. I, I guess we'll have to see the kind of mission variety that we get with the full game. Um, guys, I, I kind of want to wrap up the the Avengers discussion here. So the last thing that I want to touch on as we kind of go into closing thoughts, and Darren, I'll throw to you first. Um, what are your closing thoughts on it? And I, I know we've all kind of touched on this idea of longevity with this game. Do you think this game is going to be important six months out? And what are your, what are your final thoughts on the beta? Um, so my final thoughts are... I do think it has the potential to be uh, like have longevity uh, because it does look like the content will be there and it does look like the skill trees are going to make significant like, difference in the way you play your character from like what we've even been able to tell so far with just like giving Iron Man more weapons or Hulk and like making Hulk better at area control or blah, 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 blah. So I think the building blocks are there, but I think the things that are going to hold it back are stuff that we haven't even mentioned, actually, like the loot. I think the loot does not feel fun to collect for me. 
because it doesn't do anything visually. It do, it increases my numbers. It makes me better at fighting. But like, that's it. Like I have no like kind of like lizard brain uh, instinct to want to collect it. Um, and also the technical issues that I'm feeling. Like when I'm fighting enemies. Like I'm frustrated sometimes with just the amount of visual diarrhea that's on screen. Like I can't accurately counter his widow, or like. I I'm just finding things that are kind of like just frustrating me, like my UI being so hard to navigate, and like I got frozen, and it looks weird because like after your frozenness is gone, first of all, there's no indicator to like how long you're going to be frozen. I've tried so many times to look at how long my alt is supposed to be active, and I can't tell. Like after being frozen, frozen just like boop just pops away. Like there's no like. It, it it's like not visually pleasing to look at and i think like it's small things like that that are going to kind of like bother your brain after a while whether you notice it or not that's going to make me kind of just like i'm not enjoying myself so like that's the stuff that's holding it back for me so i think that if they're going to continue if they have the content great but they're going to also have to fix the tech tech aspects of it too yeah, that's a great call. I think that, I think you're totally on point. Al, what about you? What do you think? Uh, I think the longevity of the game is going to be based on how diverse the enemies they keep up with are. I see this good building blocks in terms of, you guys were mentioning, I kind of want more of my abilities off the start. But in MMOs, it's the same thing. If you're a healer, you can't raise someone if they're knocked unconscious until a later level. As a DPS caster, you can't instant cast, which means you can cast and walk around at the same time, uh, until a later level. So I think that is by design. I think that's proper. You want you want to feel like you get to know that character at a good pace, because if the way that they're showing us is true from what they've previewed, the combat complexity for each character is going to be quite deep. Um, and we didn't touch on the loot, and I feel like that's almost the same as an MMO too. The materia system in Final Fantasy XIV is a, a gems that you can slot into your armor that give you big bonuses. I'm not using that at all, and I'm at level fifty it doesn't become relevant until later because it's a deeper number value aspect that we hope is actually real. And not like Anthem where they threw numbers up and people actually proved they didn't make any difference. But if those numbers are real, that gear and loot system is going to be a great uh, late game addition to add further complexity to how you want to play. As long as it really feels different, there isn't cosmetic change into the loot, but they do have like added damage types or anti-gravity fields, I think they were mentioning. So maybe there are some animation indicators that go along with different loot. And if you're leveraging certain styles of play, like a, a rebuff R2 counter versus a like circle dodge away and then attack counter, those are different things. And if those numbers actually make it feel like you're being rewarded for equipping gear that leverages that, that feels good. And that should be a late game thing. Uh, that would be, I think, just way too much to take at the beginning if you can do most of the things with the character on top of loot. So hopefully the numbers are there as a long-term longevity. Hopefully the enemy types can help leverage that equipment too because then you want to put on cold resistance against cold-style enemies. Uh, Pym particle resistance, I don't know what, what, what the enemy types are going to use, but they're using aim mechanics, they're <laughs> using repulsor rays. So maybe, uh, maybe those loot things will be responsive to that. Darren and I had a little bit of discussion about like, input complexity versus responsive complexity. The reason why Apex can last so long as a shooter is the response complexity is PvP. You never know what another person is going to do. That is infinitely complex. 
with AI design, that is much more difficult. So you have to design smart enemies and different types to get at players to respond differently. If they figure out an optimal way to beat the enemy, then it becomes boring very quickly. People are always different, always varied. You can play competitive shooters for forever. So they need to be able to find a way to solve that issue, to make that responsive complexity interesting in the long run, hopefully also with varied mission design. But uh, last thing I want to say I'm really excited for in the single player, uh, again, another Mass Effect shout-out is you kind of go around the Hell Carrier and you see everyone's different rooms and everything's kind of grimy and dirty. And the visual design of the environment is very cool, but I'm super looking forward to populating that Hell Carrier, cleaning up, cleaning up, having everyone interact and, like, to me, that'll be the make or break of the single player campaign. If we get that team chemistry slowly building as you put the, the band back together and have all the characters interacting. Um, so I'm, I'm really hoping that this ambitious game that wants the Uncharted God of War style narrative with an MMO combat and X-Men Legends character interaction diversity and stuff, loot system. There's so many shout outs I see in different games that they're trying to meld and fuse into this one. And I really hope they pull it off. I see the building blocks are there. Hopefully it, it it survives its ambition. Yeah, for me, I I really do like I'm I'm of a couple different minds with this game. I do think the longevity is going to be a problem. While I do think the story the story itself will probably be fun to play through. You guys keep talking about end game. I still don't know what that end game is. What like yeah. what am I getting all this? What am I getting mm-hmm. all this loot for? Is it going to be literally running these missions over and over again with just increased difficulty? Are there going to be more difficult missions are there going to be different kinds of dungeon style things like end game is great and like destiny the loot is because you want to be able to get into increasingly more difficult dungeons same with final fantasy 14 right and the end game is is a huge part of it i still don't know what the end game in for this end game is for this game mm-hmm. and like i just I, I i don't know and while i do feel that it's important to have your character kind of build and spend time with them i do think that traversal is still a huge sticking point for me mm-hmm. that is meant to be kind of a, a huge part of this uh, i do think the characters feel great i do think that there's a ton of complexity hopefully there with the way that you'll be able to customize them and like they kept talking about at their at their war tables about like when you play single player right like the your team is your team it's the way that you upgrade them and like that's super super cool and i think that, that complexity will really let you be able to do that i just wish you could do it easier because it's not even like being able to upgrade them you have to fucking switch out characters to be able to actually go after skill trees which we didn't touch on either yeah. Which, like, unless I missed it, there's no easier way than to actually load into a, like, start to load into a mission as a character. Then you can actually access your stuff to be able to change. And then load, like, then you have to quit out to, like, switch. Like, there's there's so many quality of life stuff there that I think we haven't seen or just isn't there. Like, I, I feel like this beta simultaneously made me more excited and more worried about the game. Because now that I've actually got to play it, I see that there's pieces there. But there's still enough there that I'm, like like what is this game going for because it seems to be it seems to like this for me could very easily be a jack of all trades master of none situation where a lot of it is good but none of it is great and i'm i'm curious to see what the end game's like i'm curious to see what the rollout of content's going to be like it's a, if it's a game as a service you need regular updates you need this shit to be properly curated as it goes the new characters when they come are they going to just have a couple missions and that's it am i going to be running the same missions over and over again just with new stuff say what you will about the destiny style and and final fantasy style fate stuff sure you might want to you might be running the same content for 15 20 hours in but if you're doing it a little bit differently and, and those load screens are removed i feel like that's more engaging 
I'm I'm really really curious to see if the, how much this game is going to stick the landing, and I'm nervous that it's going to be one of those situations where it's like yeah it gets really good 15 hours in, or it's going to be like oh you played it six months ago they've updated it so much since that it's good now, and I just don't know if this game is going to live through a it's good now phase. Yeah, it's it's huh? interesting. This is where they're going to have to really leverage their games as a live service, like what that means. With Final Fantasy 14, it took what two years for the game to not be a train wreck and you do have to put in 24 plus hours before the game gets good um i don't i agree with you i don't think avengers will survive that they can't it's promising too much off the bat it has to deliver and stick its landing a lot more cleanly but in terms of a lot of the ui elements or even that loading screen loading screen times usually go down with performance uh sorry as performance is improved with patches But in terms of, like, can I access different characters and switch it and UI elements, I think those are things that games as a live service can change. They can improve that over time. It is a continually evolving product, so it's not just they finished it and they put it out and here's your experience. They should and hopefully are and will be actively monitoring how to improve it. I saw that they actually released a a, a patch for the beta for the one coming up this weekend. So they're patching the beta. They're not... that's, That's on the third week. That... Seems like they have at least some intention, hopefully, again, building blocks and longevity. Hopefully they have some intention in continuing those quality of life improvements as it goes. And that's why I'm saying I'm excited because I think all the starting stuff is there. The foundation looks solid, and I hope it, hope it, hope it, hope it, hope, hope, hope it does stay. I, I, I agree because, you know, we're all massive Marvel fans and this is something this is a game that we've always wanted. So I hope that it is going to be something that sticks around and something that people do enjoy and gets better as it goes. Uh, let's move on to news because there is quite a bit of really important shit that we need to talk about. Um, and we're going to be moving a little bit quickly, but I do want to give each spot at least a couple minutes here. Um, I'm going to be pulling from two articles here. Both come from IGN. Um, one comes from the way of Matt Perslow. The other comes from Jonathan Dornbush. And to kind of sum up both, Deathloop, a PS5 console ex- console launch exclusive, has been delayed to Q2, Q2 2021. It was meant to come out this fall somewhere along the long side of the PS5, if not shortly after. That's been delayed out. And Halo Infinite has also been delayed from its holiday 2020 launch. It was supposed to be a launch title for the Xbox Series X. That's been also pushed back through 2021. Um, both games are citing Corona, uh, you know, COVID-19 as, as a reason for it. I'm sure that's greatly impacted their development, um, you know, given, given the state that the world's currently in. Um, Darren, what I want to ask you is which delay matters more if one does it all? Um, I well, I think that's obvious. I think that the um, I think that the the Halo Infinite matters more because uh, like thing with Sony's console releases is like yeah, I mean this sucks because I don't think right now either of them have a good launch lineup announced at the moment. Like I don't really care about either console's launch games. Deathloop was the only one. Okay, that's a lie. I cared about Spider Man a lot, um, but Deathloop and Spider Man were pretty much the only two launch games that i cared about um but this is halo we're talking about like if if like microsoft has more to prove at this point in time uh because sony crushed them really really hard at the beginning of the ps4 xbox one generation and so microsoft's been playing a game of catch-up 
then they need a strong launch uh, out the gate, I think, for them to like prove that Series X has legs and that Series X like could be something that like is good to play. And if you don't have Halo, then like, what are you what are you doing? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I I'd agree. Al, what I want to ask you is. If if I'm if I'm a player who let's say has fallen off Xbox in this last generation, and you know given now Halo's delay, why do I want to buy an Xbox Series X this fall when it launches? Uh, like, that's a good question. For, I, for for this console generation, at least as much as I know about PS5, I think launch titles are less important than they used to be because there's such a wider range of backwards compatibility. And for me in particular, seeing a PS4, PS5 crossplay is amazing. Um, being able to pick up a second console and improve and then play with like a partner or a roommate or what have you across console generations is a game changer for me. I don't know if Xbox has the same thing, but I know they have their Games Pass, which hopefully gives them access to a lot of games. So some people may just want to have that performance upgrade and they're okay to wait a little bit down the line for the launch title but i don't know if they're doing gen- cross-generational play the same way and uh i don't know how eager people are they are uh if they are yeah, then they that's are great. yeah yeah they are awesome okay so then that's awesome i think then that puts them on relatively even playing field um but maybe people will fact, actually, really just want to wait for that rpg tree for master chief I want to say that right now, Microsoft's confirmed, I mean, Series X will be able to play not just Xbox One games, but Xbox 360 games and some Xbox original games. So oh, it like, nice. goes all the way back. Yeah, yeah I, I think the Sony's, biggest... I think, only confirmed for PS4 at the moment. Yeah, so far. Um, I think I think Deathloop's delay sucks, like in terms of like me not being able to play it this fall, but I think, you know, give Arcane the time that they need. I think this could be a game that really launches them dishonored one and two both you know did okay but i feel like they're a great mm-hmm. studio that deserves a bit more acclaim and i feel like Deathloop could be one of the things that finally puts them on the map a little bit more um i just don't think it hurts it as much as you know Deathloop was a third party exclusive at the end of the day it's not like it was spider-man that it was delayed out which very well could happen but mm-hmm. like microsoft has been on its back leg for a little bit for a little while now and halo was meant to be like the coming home party and like I feel like it's one thing if it previewed really well and people were like, oh my God, that trailer was dope. I'm excited for Halo. Sucks it got delayed. But I feel like there's a lot of negativity surrounding its un- uh, you know, unveiling. And to now have that pushed, I just don't think goes well hand in hand with the with the reaction to the trailer. Because um, I feel I've already seen comments like, sure, it's Corona. I'm sure they just want more time after the negative reaction to the trailer, which I mean, I'm sure it probably is both. You know what I mean? I'm sure they do want extra time to polish it because I'm sure they haven't been able to get it to where they want it to be because of the virus. Um, I just think that Xbox needs to come out strong and I feel like Game Pass is their biggest selling point. And I, I mean, it's the reason I picked up an Xbox. So I'm, you know, people who get in on launch will have plenty to play. It's just that I can still play all of it on my Xbox One X. And mm. that's where I'm nervous for Xbox. So I'm curious to see how, how launch is going to go for it. And I hope it does well because it Microsoft does deserve a comeback given how much they've been putting into its, its atmosphere, its ecosystem. Um, I'm curious to see if it'll happen. Uh, the next thing that I want to touch on 
Um, and, and I want to do this quick. I know, Al, you said you didn't really watch the indie world that Nintendo just did. So, Darren, I, mm-hmm. I want to talk to you very, very quickly. What from that indie world, um, which I thought was actually pretty good, what from that um, hmm. indie world showcase uh, excited you? Um, I think that there are three games that I really, really want to play. Um, I've completely forgotten the name of one of them. Uh, it was a puzzle game called like Multiliminal, I think. It was like Manifold an MC Garden? Escher Manifold Garden. There we go. Uh, it's like an MC Escher painting turned into a puzzle game. I really like those kinds of like mind bending, thinking outside the box puzzle games. And so you have to manipulate gravity and the orientation of the world itself to try and solve the puzzles. I think that looks fantastic. Other two games I'm really impressed by are uh, Raji uh, yep. and Raji. Uh, Alistair, you and I were actually having a conversation really. Uh, briefly previously about the lack of uh, brown character representation and this is a game that takes place in India where you play an Indian woman and you're going through like a bunch of Hindu uh, folk tales uh, and it like it looks beautiful it looks absolutely beautiful and I really want to play that then finally Card Shark uh, which was uh, a game where you have to cheat at cards and it's like taking place in like a royal high society of of France, which just looks so cool. It's awesome Alistair, that we're getting more brown character representation in there. We just got Rampart uh, drop in an Apex. She's a brown lady as well. I'm pretty sure Indian background. Uh, and we got Kamala coming for Avengers, which is great. And we had some Metro and Overwatch. And there's another one that sounds awesome. But where my brown fellas at, guys? I can't think off the top of my head a brown <laughs> male guy that we can play in video games. I just want my representation. I want it <laughs> one day, guys. One day. I hope. I hope we get more and more of it. Uh, for me, the shit that stood out. Um, Hades coming. Um, from Supergiant looks super super cool. That's a game that I was really interested in, and just it was never something that I was like, I'm gonna play this on my PC. It takes it takes a lot for me to be able to use my PC as a gaming platform. Um, but Hades coming uh, looks super cool. I've been really curious. I love Transistor. Never really gotten to Bastion. Um, Spiritfarer is another one that immediately stood out to me. The game looks incredibly beautiful, and it's it's a game where essentially you're a uh, a girl who's basically helping spirits pass on. And I've already picked it up. I just haven't started it yet, and it just looks incredible. And the subject matter is, is so up my alley. And it looks it looks incredible. So I'm super, super excited to get into it. Uh, a short hike. I've talked about it on the podcast a little while ago. It's out on Switch now. If you're interested, it's only like seven or eight bucks. It's a fantastic little it's a fantastic little game about climbing a mountain as you're this little bird person. It's it's a lot of fun. It's really, really cool. And uh, the last one that I want to touch on is Goose Game getting a two player mode, a co-op mode. I'm super stoked. I'm really excited to get Senna in there um, and, and run around, and do some goose shit together. So I'm, I'm excited that we're getting a bit of co-op there. All right. Uh, you know what? We're going to make this the last story. Uh, we're going to save the epic stuff for another podcast because I feel like that has enough there that we can have an entire conversation about it all on its own. Thanks so uh, let's save the epic stuff. So the thing that we're going to close on is Oculus VR. I'm going to pull this from IGN as well. By the way, I have Matt TM Kim. Oculus VR will start requiring Facebook accounts and users aren't happy. I'm going to pull a couple paragraphs here. Oculus announced that starting on October 2020, first-time users on an Oculus VR headset will need to log in using a Facebook account, and that support for independent Oculus accounts will end January 1st, 2023. 
The announcement has shown to be an unpopular move for users who wish to keep their Oculus accounts separate from Facebook, or for those who don't have Facebook accounts to begin with and don't wish to have one. Um, this is a big deal in my opinion, because when Facebook bought out Oculus, it was from the beginning, it's going to be separate. We're not going to push Facebook onto Oculus. It's not going to happen. And now here we are. You need one to actually even be able to get in. And there's been this growing delete Facebook moment uh, movement over the last couple of years. And a lot of people just don't use Facebook anymore. And now if you want to get on an Oculus, you have to. And Al, I want to know how, how that makes you feel for this incredible <laughs> conglomerate, this, this massive entity known as Facebook pushing its way into an Oculus and making you use it to be able to play there. And I, I want to know what you think. I think that's absolutely terrible, obviously. Um, I mean, Facebook's shady history and practices and things aside, having any kind of third-party requirement like that is not great. But especially when you can already see coming down the uh, the tunnel of the ever-present fear of how long is it going to take for advertisements to really make their way into games. That's a lot of time and uh, that advertisers know that gamers put in. And if they can start inching on inching in on your vr screen or putting in commercials in between your avengers loading missions and stuff like that that is the ultimate fear that breaks immersion you don't get i mean you do get advertisements in your books and your comic books so i i'm sure advertisers say yeah it's everywhere we should be here too um and they're gonna see it as inevitable but this is definitely a breaking of the dam that i think that leads to that that i'm most worried about um on top of yeah, you shouldn't just have an allegiance or a verification through that kind of system. It's just not good practices. Darren, what about you? Like, would this be enough of a reason? Like, say you were looking to get into the VR market, would this be enough of a reason for you to go towards something like a Vive or a PSVR over an Oculus? Uh, yeah, I think I think for sure it would. I mean, um, there's always ways to get around it. You could just make a Facebook account specifically for playing oculus but that that's not something that a lot of people even would want to put up with like if i had a choice between those two headsets like well this one i don't have to give away all my privacy to to use like because that's the other thing too it's a matter of privacy if you are actually going to be using your facebook account um or you know vr like does that mean everything that you do in that vr is going to be like watched by facebook like, I don't want Facebook knowing that I'm talking to anime girls in VR chat. Like, I want to keep that a deep, dark <laughs> secret, repress that from everybody. Um, right. But <laughs> I, I, for me, I care about privacy a lot. Um, and I don't, I, I would definitely uh, think twice about giving that information to Facebook when they've proven how shady they are about selling your information. Yeah, I think it's a really, really gross step. And given the fact that, like, I'd understand it there if you want it as an option, but now making it mandatory just feels super, super scummy. And, like, you've even, like, you know, seen how gross they are with their advertisements and stuff. And, Al, so you bringing up, you know, loading in advertisements into on your home menu or, or, or as you're loading into games is something I hadn't even considered. And that makes me feel even worse about all this because Facebook, and especially Zuckerberg, like, they're known for being scummy little fucks and for them to be now pushing in and granted i mean the oculus market isn't massive but again like there's a lot of hope for vr as as it continues to kind of get out of its infancy and as it continues to develop and oculus was kind of the first real you know contender in the market um 
and now to see them being kind of slowly stripped out and and made into more of you know i wouldn't be surprised if five or six years down the line we get rebranding as like you know facebook vr or some shit you know what i mean and that makes me really nervous so i hope that this level of outcry will do something but i i just can't see facebook like up until this day has always been like we don't really give a fuck what anybody thinks we're going to do whatever we're going to do and we know that you're going to have to deal with it um I, I don't see them backpedaling on this whatsoever. So I think it's a really, really gross step. And it does make me worried as to what the future of the marketplace looks like, because I don't, I don't know. It, it doesn't make me feel good. And, uh, and I think, I think that's where we're going to call it guys. Uh, we'll, we'll save the Epic and Apple and Google fight for a whole nother podcast. Cause I think, I feel like that's a topic that can be an entire episode all by itself. And we, we are running long here. Um, sure. But, yeah, I, I think that's a conversation that's also worth having and going along with interesting corporate shit going on. Um, but I feel I feel like we've we've talked a lot about Avengers, we've talked a lot about some news, and I feel like it, it's a good point for us to kind of wrap her on up. So, Darren, Darren, I'm going to throw to you here real quick. Is there anything else that you want to say? I know this is your favorite part of the podcast, the part that you're always prepared for and have something ready to say. So, uh, Darren, anything Ooh. left banging around up inside that noggin of yours? <laughs> Okay, cool. Al, what about you? Anything left that you want to bring up? Anything left on your chest that you want to expose in that uh, trench coat end... you're wearing on the moon of <laughs> Venus? Oh, no. You picked the one that doesn't have a moon. It's okay. Um... I was so worried. I was so worried as I started that sentence, and I just ran for it. Mars had two, and you went right by it. Um, so I'm going to end with a little bit of levity and more hope for the Avengers, something that they did prove that I think will undeniably good is the voice acting and, and character uh, personalities in Avengers so far. Kamala, to me, was a great standout. I'm so excited at her excitement of the Avengers, and I feel like that's going to be a key part in helping players enjoy the game. Uh, so I'm looking forward to more of that, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I know I sound a little more negative than I usually do on this show, um about this it's just that this property is something that i have a lot of love for and i'm 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 nervous i'm i i hope i'm wrong genuinely i hope i i, I come onto this podcast a month from now and be like guys can't stop playing avengers it's the bestest i sincerely hope that's what's gonna happen well we, we need a couple weeks to find out i don't i don't hope that i hope that it fails <laughs> i hope that uh everyone feels bad about their purchases <laughs> And uh, I hope that uh, the game just uh, puts everyone into a coma. I really wish I ended this podcast 30 seconds ago. Um, but don't don't tempt 2020, that, Darren. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That will bring us to the end. Uh, Destiny will be back very, very soon. We miss her very much. Again, she just had to go take care of that old lady problem. Al, I want to thank you so much for joining us once again. You're always welcome, and your voice is always important. So thank you so much for coming on with us to talk all about Avengers and stuff. Thank you guys for having me. Destiny, I'm sorry I missed you. I hopefully will be back soon for some more awesome discussions. Uh, always happy to be here, guys. Thank you. Hell yeah. Darren, thank you for being here. You're you're my you're my, you're the Yoshi egg to to my baby Mario. <laughs> and, I'm always, and, always happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Matt. Thanks, <laughs> man. And that brings us to the, to, to the end for real this time. Darren, say bye. Bye. I'll say bye. Bye bye.
Thank you so much. Share this shit everywhere. We always appreciate the love and support. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. It is. It is. It is. Um it is. It is. It is. Um it is. It is. It is. Um